0: What is going on, everybody? It's your boy, Jamie Archer, and welcome along to another episode of my men's mental health podcast, Are You Okay, Mate? So this week, we are joined, not by who I said was going to be joined. I've had an absolute shocker. is not joining us until next week. We were supposed to be joined by Squeeze Football this week. Sadly, Squeeze has got a family emergency and um, he needs to attend to that. So he couldn't join us. And my thoughts and prayers go with him and a speedy recovery to his grandfather. Instead, I am joined by the beautiful Danny Summerfield. So without further ado, let's get into it. So, Danny Summerfield, thank you for joining me. That's okay. Thanks for having me. (laughs) You're very welcome. Right, so we won't mess about. We don't like messing about. Um, So, title of the podcast, it's a bit weird calling a girl a mate. Now, that's not being sexist, but I always feel really weird calling girls mates, but are you okay, mate? Yeah, I'm
1: fine. I'm fine. How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm really good. Really good, thank you. I've actually had my boys for the last week. Um, so I took them home earlier today, so i'm very tired um yeah, just yeah, good, good. the weather 's on the turn, which I think's helping um it's been a nice ni- been a nice sunny day today, managed to get out and go on a nice walk um times are changing We're we're, we're starting to get a little bit of normality back tomorrow aren 't we um yeah i'm
1: feel- i 'm feeling that i 'm feeling that things are kind of
0: moving along now so uh, lots to look forward to absolutely loads to look forward to including this podcast we've got loads i want to talk about um <laughs> that i want to work through but yeah no you know the light as i said last week when i was talking to my mate sparky the lights at the end of the tunnel i've noticed it just out and about today there's more of a buzz there's more people about um let's just hope it works hey eh? because i can 't i can 't do this again <laughs> i don 't think i don 't think any of us can i think we're we 're sick of each other we 're sick of being in our houses um i 'm very fortunate because i 'm still at work um, but there are people out there that do need to get back to work and you know we just spoke about it briefly before we started recording um, about the children going back to school and we are we 're going to get into that so um for people that don't know you okay i'm gonna tell them a little the little bit that i know and then how we how we started conversing and talking and then um you can fill in any gaps so this um this beautiful uh young lady sat on the other end of the laptop is danny summerfield um we met via instagram didn't we like how I meet so many people nowadays I think social media you know it is that's what it's there for it's social media um and we just started talking through there didn't we and and there there seems to be a bit of a a shared interest in mental health and stuff um so that that's you know that's how we met um and you know there's so much I want to talk about about your page and what you do and and your little business that I absolutely love and Every, everything, all the good bits in between. Um, but there's one one thing that I know me and you both feel really strongly about. Um, and it's something that I really think that needs to be spoken about um, because it doesn't it doesn't get spoke about enough. And that's to- toxic masculinity. Um, so... Like I say, this is this isn't about me. This is about you. So give me your view on what you think toxic masculinity is, uh, and your just your feelings surrounding it.
1: I think it's a social um, idea that men are supposed to be a certain way, and boys are supposed to be a certain way. And mm-hmm. um, even from birth, you get pink sleep suits, blue sleep suits. I've seen t-shirts in. Um, supermarkets that say boys will be boys. Um, there's just this ideology of boys and men being a certain way. Mm. Yeah. Which is a stigma, obviously, we need to tear
0: down. Yeah, I think that you're 100% right. Um, it, and, and yeah, the way I view toxic masculinity is exactly that, that from a young age, society, because we we, we can't really pinpoint who does it, but society puts this ideology across to young kids that they should be a certain way. I mean, you've only got to look at, I mean, you you know, you've got a son, I've got two sons, you know. You've only got to look at the toys they get as babies, diggers, uh, construction tools. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, Like to the programmes that are aimed towards them, Bob the Builder. You know, um, and I don't. I don't want to get into a debate about different genders because uh, that's one hundred percent what this is on. The, this isn't what this is about. What this is leading into is how later on in life, boys slash men can't deal with emotions, thoughts, and feelings. Now, as a dad to a preteen. So my eldest is 11. He's going through puberty, which is a hard time anyway. Yeah. Um, they have all these different emotions. You know, I, I think back to going through puberty, what a nightmare I was. Um, they have all these different emotions going through them. And I think that they're the generation that we do need to say to get away from toxic masculinity, because certainly my generation and your husband's generation were made to, you're a man, you're, a, you know, you don't, you don't um, vocalise or verbalise about your feelings, and like, how do, how do you think toxic masculinity is affecting society today, like, talk to me from a mum's point of view, like, do you see, because however hard we work as parents, there's always going to be another element to the equation, school, friends, and what, what do you see as a mum and, and how does that make you feel? Heartbroken.
1: It's just... The amount of times my son, he's nine, um, has tried to vocalise how he's feeling and then he, I can sort of see halfway through he's kind of getting a bit embarrassed that so he's getting upset. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: No one would think twice if my daughter did the same. Yeah. Um. I think it's sayings Like crying like a girl Be a big boy Man up Boys will be boys I think Those kind of Phrases Are so Damaging To children
0: Absolutely um, so man, man up Are my two most hate, It's my most Hated oh. Phrase Like Even in my job If I hear People say Man up Like I really have to Cause there's no need for it And like, oh my God, we can we can talk about the media. Like, I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, all the all the boys in Love Island, all in Love Island, all started to break down, and the pressure started getting to too much of them. And I, it was the Daily Mail that actually their headline was "Crying Like a Girl," and it was like, are you? I think it was about three years. You'll be able to find it if you look online. Yeah,
1: that's really.
0: And it's like, you know, as a society, this is why men take their lives. And I don't ever make any apologies for saying that. Society are massively to blame. Because Mm -hmm. if the social construct was there, that boys at a young age could speak about their feelings, then we wouldn't have suicides. And that's it. No. You know, we we would actively go out and get help. And I'm talking from, th- I'm talking from personal experience. When I went through what I went through in 2017, I I felt so lost as a man and as a dad. I felt like I'd failed as a dad. Yeah. Now, yes, yeah. Obviously, knowing what I know now, I know that's bullshit. You know that just because I was unwell doesn't mean I failed as a dad. And. Yeah, you know, like so. Let's talk about your son, nine years old. It is such a important age. So my boys are the other side. You know, I've got one who's eight and one who's eleven. So they're they're of a similar age group. So we're singing from the same hymn sheet here. That is where their brain is absorbing. Like you're you're shaping them into the society at that age. They're
1: finding their identity,
0: aren't they? Yeah. So. Like, I, I'm, I'm sure you do the same. Like, so at our meal times. one of the things I do is I always ask my kids how they're feeling at mealtimes. Yeah. And literally, we sit down and I say to him, Samuel, how are you? Richie James, how are you? And I never accept I'm fine. Like, I, I never accept it. Yeah. It's not an answer we give. I'm fine. Well, because that, that to me says there's there's an issue. Yeah. And so do you think that schools could do more?
1: this i've looked into the government's kind of um i can't think of the word but they're
0: they're um oh God. let's say plan I can't, I can't, yeah their plan so they're,
1: they're plan for mental health and there's just i mean like a an rp lesson every sort of couple of weeks just isn't enough i think they really need to break it down but i think um it definitely, definitely starts from from this sort of that sort of age, like preteen. They need to know that it's absolutely fine to talk. But I think as parents and teachers and schools and anybody in sort of a influential um, role, mm-hmm. we need to be not ju- like you said, not just accepting their answer. We really need to be pushing and pushing and digging and digging because. Once a boy becomes a man, you have like I've had to do with my husband, it's like you have to sort of unravel all the work that's been done, yeah, and it's really hard because they found their identity. Then this is who I'm supposed to be, yeah, definitely. Um, and at this age, I just think it's so important. But I think we also need to raise our daughters to you know, there's this big thing, isn't there? Like, it's how a lot of the boys and girls around sort of teenage years, it's all how they're viewed and perceived in their peer group
0: yeah
1: we need to teach our daughters that it's, it's absolutely normal it's not not fine it's normal for boys to be emotional and to have feelings and once it's accepted sort of all round, I think is when we start to get
0: into that yeah definitely so yeah I just want to pick up on something you said about uh people in an influential um, position within within our son's lives. So for me as well, you get a lot of boys, my, my, my boy plays football. Um, I started working with Peterbury United, talking to their youngsters um, about uh, mental health and suicide awareness, which was amazing. It was one of the best. Do you know, I was really nervous going into that workshop because I thought I didn't know it was going to be received by youngsters. And it was boys and girls, by the way. But it made yeah. me it made me think like coaches so I, I, I've I've done I've I coached so I've done my coaching qualification. At no point on your coaching qualification, so you're taught first aid, right? Standard. Yeah. You're taught emergency aid. Why are they not teaching coaches at grassroots football how to spot signs of a mental illness in a child that they're coaching? Because these a coach is a being a football coach is a really it's a really privileged position because you're not you're not a parent so there's no pressure talking to a parent do you know what I mean you're not the, the, the child doesn't know he's not gonna he knows he's not gonna get in trouble you're not a teacher yeah. so the child knows I'm not I'm not gonna it's not gonna affect my schoolwork as a football coach you are really and a sport I want to say sports coach but I'm going to talk from a football coach's perspective. You're in a really privileged position to be able to engage with that kid because they're there doing something they enjoy. They want to be there. It's what they love. And that is the best time. You know, I sort of look back at my time coaching and and a little bit of me. I look back at it with regret. Like, why didn't I ask questions? But. You know, there's, there's no point dwelling on the past. You know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. All I can do is hopefully educate and, you know, podcasts like this. There might be a football coach listening to this now or a sports coach listening to this now. Think, do you know what, Jamie, that's a great idea. You're in a really good position to say to a kid, as he's turning up for training on a Thursday night. What, like, So I always used to ask how school was. I always just say, how are you getting on to school? But you're in a... To say, how are you feeling? And... Yeah. It, to be in that position of trust, and then if a kid goes, ah, I'm not feeling great, brilliant, you can start to open up the networks to get them the support. And I just personally feel, and this is from a dad's perspective now, this isn't the mental health advocate's perspective, I don't feel there is enough emotional support at schools for kids. I genuinely don't. like, I, And I don't know if that's because of budget I don't know I I don't know the reason but I just don't feel that, that kids have that holistic support that's supported in their learning but there's no you know like I say holistic that's a great word there's no the holistic side of it isn't there you know yeah. like like talk to me how how is so how has your son coped with homeschooling and, and lockdown because there'll be parents listening to this that have gone through hell oh um,
1: yeah it's not been pleasant. Um, no, he he's sort of um, gone just under radar for, um, he struggles, he's not quite, he's not very academic. He he much prefers music and being creative and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really nurture that side. So he 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 had this sort of, he went through this phase of really liking the ukulele, so he tried to nurture that. And oh, then nice. he went up onto keyboard, so he tried to nurture that. Um, but yeah, no, he he's he's not very academic, so he's really enjoyed being away from school. Right. And I think um, he's very nervous about going back to school. But again, I've had to really drag out of him because he just does this like grunt, like oh, yeah. don't want to go. And I'm like, why don't you want to go? How are you feeling? Are you nervous? Yeah. What's worrying you? Um, whereas my daughter, who's twelve, <laughs>
0: she
1: will just. I don't even need to ask. She just uh, vocalises how she's feeling.
0: This isn't the messy eater, is it?
1: The messy... Oh, no, that's the youngest one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the youngest one. <laughs> Again, she's quite happy to sort of say how she's feeling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. My, my son, he... Yeah, I've had to really sort of drag out of him, like... How he's feeling about going back and he's not looking forward to it and he's nervous and I can tell because like you probably have this, but his attitude's been a little bit not so
0: great. Today today. today's been awful. I can tell. Today's been awful.
1: (laughs) We can see as parents that there's a you know, we you know your children, don't you? And you know
0: Absolutely. And that you know that, that that brings me lovely onto the next sort of bit I want to talk about about parenting boys and looking out for signs for their for their mental health and I do my I do my son's head in not so much my youngest because for, he's a little bit more personality wise he takes after me a little bit more he's a little bit more out there he's a little bit he's a little bit easier to read my eldest is a closed book. And i do his head in, like, like you just said. As a parent, you you know your children better than anyone else, and you can spot a change straight away. And I'd do his head because I'm like, right, what's up? Nothing. Right, no, that's a lie. Tell me yeah. what's wrong. Nothing's wrong, I'm fine. Right, so that's the second lie. Tell me what's the matter. And half the time, it'll be something innocuous. But for me, I want to be able to make my son feel comfortable in having a... Uh, bringing up a small problem, because that way, when there's a big problem, like, boom, I can talk to dad. Like, that, that that's how I feel. And, you know, you're saying about the attitude about... gang. Like, today, for example, he, he got up and he come and sat on the sofa and he was fine for 20 minutes. And then I mentioned school to him, because so he's got to go for a COVID test. So all I did is I, men- I mentioned his COVID test. And then he just shut down on me, like his whole body language changed, his shoulders dropped, his chin went to his chest, and I asked him if he wanted some breakfast, and I was like, look, what do you want to eat? I said, I'll tell you what, as I'm taking you back to your mum's, I'll take you to McDonald's for a treat, I'll take you to McDonald's breakfast, I don't want anything, I'm fine, I'm not even hungry, and stormed past me, and I was like, right, I need to have a conversation with him now, and oh my God, it took about 45 minutes... For him to say, I'm nervous about going to school. And yep. that, Danny, is that not sad that at 11 years old and at nine years old or whatever, that they mm. they really internalise that and they turn a small problem into such a big problem because they feel like, because I'm a boy, I can't yeah. talk. I can't... Yeah, I think we need to shove an interest in their feelings as
1: well. So, like... It's so easy to say how's school, yeah, it's fine, brilliant. And then we our lives are so busy we just kind of but to really show an interest and, and let them know that it's so we we're, we're so um invested in their feelings and yeah. that we we want to help them and we want to listen. I think that's the key really is making them feel like we want to hear hear what you're thinking, we want to hear how you're feeling. Um, and not berating them for it. So, like my son, he sometimes he'll have he'll get really upset, and it'll be over something that we would think is really trivial, and he'll be really upset about it. Yeah. And I, I often think, think sort of how would other parents sort of like react to that? And I guess a lot would be like, "Oh, you're being so like silly, or that's ridiculous, that kind of thing."
0: Yeah. But
1: if he's feeling it.
0: It's a that feeling. It's a, exactly, it's valid. Yeah. So I, um, I have that exact conversation with my son. So it is... Yeah. Nine times out of ten, it's silly. It's daft. They, they, like, having yeah. two boys... And, I, and I, I should imagine you get it with your girls, although it's quite different. Like, yeah. or even with your eldest daughter and your son. Like, the arguments they have are over dumb stuff. Like, genuinely oh, God, yeah. dumb stuff. But it does create a feeling. It creates an emotion. Now... That emotion is as valid as if it was a big problem. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So So let, let, let's add a bit of context to it. They'll argue over who sat where at the dinner table, yeah. right? I want to sit... I was sat there first. Or I was sat on the sofa. Like I've got two sofas. But I was sat on the sofa first. Like, that will become an argument, and then that will create a feeling of upset to one of them, inevitably. That is just as valid as... Mm-hmm something really bad happening to them because it is an emotion. And this is what I say, because, like, and what what spurned the conversation with with my lad is it was off the back of an argument with his brother over dumps. Honestly, it was ridiculous. They both went to put their trainers on at the same time and they bumped into each other. Like, and it created a massive fight, like, huge, ridiculous argument. And he's in the car and was driving and my eldest lad was crying. So I said, what's the matter? And he went, oh, you think I'm stupid? I was like, no, I don't think you're stupid. I don't think you're stupid. I think that the situation was stupid. I said, but the feeling you're, like, because you're upset now, we need to talk about it, and then I can hopefully help you manage that a little bit better. And, like, so what's, what's your, if I could give you a magic wand now, Danny, and yeah. i i'd say to you what's your vision for for the boys of today like where what's your dream for them like what would you like to happen with regards like, to tackling toxic masculinity talking about their feelings and and things like that
1: yeah i would like in the future boys to feel the same as in general Um, women feel so if I you know I I could have a cup of tea with a mate and just kind of freely say how I'm feeling yeah and she'll be really understanding whereas I I think for men it's a lot harder to kind of get that support and that um you said last week with your friend um, about banter and I think a lot of um there's a lot of situations where kind of um I think unless you're in that circle and you know that's how you deal with things, I think men are very much a kind of like a bantery kind of, a, I'm, I'm just generalising. Yeah, Obviously, yeah,
0: yeah, language, 100%. But I would like boys to be
1: able to speak as freely as, as girls can. Um, yeah. And I think another thing that I just wanted to touch on is, uh, uh, there's this big, I think there's this big correlation between people thinking that being an understanding and receptive parent is the same as being a really soft one no and i think people think you you're really soft if you're so worried about your children you know like oh how are you feeling today and i think people see that as being such a soft but you can be firm and understanding i think there is this correlation where if you really listen and you're in tune with your children's feelings you're you're soft and they
0: walk all over you and it's just not no not at all and and, you know you've made a really good point and and my answer I've never encountered that but my answer to that would be if you've got a son and I'm going to say son because we're talking about men but the same applies with girls if you've got a son and you want to be this hard nosed parent that doesn't want to listen to a valid emotion and in 15 years time your son takes his life I really hope you don't look back at that period of time where you didn't want to listen and hold yourself accountable because I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to say, you know, because I haven't got a, I'm not a, no one knows for sure why things happen, but I, I say it all the time, I'd sooner have a conversation than not. Do you know what I'm saying? And if, like, I've experienced, I've experienced it firsthand, where I've witnessed boys be told to stop acting like a girl from a a, a position in power. Like, you saw that thing I put on Instagram a couple months back now where my son told me that he hides to cry. And that broke my heart, absolutely destroyed me. And it made me look at myself a little bit. I was like, have I done enough? Because he should be able to look at this situation and go, okay, this because this one person isn't validating my feelings. My dad has taught me enough and it really, really woke me up to toxic masculinity. And that's when I really started to take note of it, that my son said he has to go and hide to cry. Like that's not right, Danny. That's not right. And, you know, we're talking about where do we want this to be? Like the reason I'm so passionate in talking to my sons about their feelings and getting them to verbalise what they're feeling and getting it out in the open, is I don't want them to go through what I went through. I don't... I want them to be able to look at themselves and say, Dad, I need help. Mum, I need help. Anyone, I need help. I don't want them... It's the same as if they were feeling sick and they needed to go to the doctor for a stomach bug. I want them to feel the same about up there with their mental their, their mental health and go, I want to go to a doctor. But also on the other side of the coin, they, I'm raising two men. I'm raising husbands, I'm raising fathers. I want them that when they are a husband and a father, to be able to look around them and be aware and spot if someone needs help, like, spot if a work colleague needs help. Like, I keep saying my eldest son is at secondary school, right, and that's a really important, tough, it's a tough time for him. I want him to be able to look at his mates, and if one of his mates is struggling, I want him to say, talk to me. Like, it's so important, and, and I really think that people need to grab hold of this message. Like... yeah. It's something we all need to do as parents, not just as a, yeah. Yeah. not just as a mental health advocate, not as, not as someone who's creating a podcast, not as someone who's a guest on a podcast, just as a parent, as a person. Yeah. There's a re, look, listen, there's a reason that the current biggest killer of men aged under 45 is suicide. There is a reason for that. It's not by a stroke of bad luck. It's not a curse. It's because, and I'm talking as a man under 45, I was raised in a generation where men were men, whereas I was made to feel by other men in my life that if I was to cry, if I had any sort of emotion, I was being, in an inverted commas, before people start getting at me in the comments, a girl. Yeah. And yeah. the thing is... Look at that generation before me. Those were raised by World War II soldiers. So you can see this correlation, can't you? You can see why there is this chain. And as a dad now, we're in the perfect opportunity to break that chain. We've got, I think, a responsibility to a future generation... To say, Do you know what, right? And let's and th- th- really look into the future now. If in 15 yeah. to 20 years' time, when my, my eldest son is in his 30s and we look at st- suicide statistics and we compare suicide stats in 2050 to suicide stats in 2020 and we see a massive drop, like, how good is that for us? Because we broke that chain. Amazing. And yeah. it comes from from... Having a conversation and, and and trying to break that chain. So there is something I want to talk about, and 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 please stop me if it if it gets too much. I want to talk about Blaine. Um, yeah. So people are going to listen to this and goes, "Who's Blaine?" So just just briefly explain who Blaine was, Danny. So um, Blaine was my brother-in-law.
1: So my husband's youngest brother. Um, he was twenty, um, and. Yeah, he took his own life in August, Mm.
0: 2020.
1: Yeah. Um, there was he was always very quiet and very kind of not not an open book at all. It was so hard to read, but um, yeah, absolutely no signs whatsoever. Just all of a sudden took his life. There was no no lead up, nothing. But there must have
0: been in, inside him. But I mean, there was no signs for us to be able to see. Okay, and, and and like I said, I don't want to dwell on it too much. But yeah, had the infrastructure been there and had the work been put in in previous years and attitudes been different, there could have been a conversation. And you know, I lost a friend in twenty twelve to suicide. Yeah. I lost um, two, I lost a schoolmate in 2020 to suicide. The year before that, I lost a schoolmate to suicide. Two years before that, I lost someone I work with to suicide. Like these are all men that are my age and it's something, and, and that is the sole reason I do what I do. And, you know, I get people like you who, who want to fight the corner. And it's like I say, Yeah, sorry. No, go on, carry on.
1: I was going to say, when I first contacted you, it was because my brother had attempted to take his life. Yeah. Um, And I needed support, well, I saw that you were sort of a mental health advocate, and I thought, I don't know how to support a man, I Mm. could support a woman, Mm. but I didn't know how to support a man who'd gone through that. Um. Yeah, so that's why I reached out to you in the first place and that's how we got talking. And then literally a year later, I messaged you, didn't I? And I said, I can't believe I'm writing this, but
0: yeah. we've just found out that my
1: brother-in-law's successfully taken his life. But yeah, no, it's it's just, there's just so, too much of it About I mean, there's always going to be suicides. There's always going to be people we can't save.
0: Yeah, I th- absolutely. I, I, I
1: really do believe that we can't, eradicate
0: it no. because
1: we could never eradicate depression
0: and anxiety no, and things like that. But, but we could do more.
1: 100 percent. And we there's just to for him to have got to the point where he he didn't even attempt to kind of reach out makes you well it's it's the fact that he, he didn't think that the help was there. Because yeah. he did he didn't reach out and we really truly believe that he didn't see that there could be any improvement, but it's, you know, there's no,
0: like, like, like Blaine, I think my son could easily be one that just kind of, um, internalize it all and it gets overwhelming. And, you know, speaking from my own experiences in 2017, when I was going to do it, I was just so overwhelmed. That's the, if I needed to put a word against it well, oh, I can't even begin to put a word against it and you can't and this is I think there is no there's not it's just the pain you feel at the time and the mind space that you're in there's, there isn't a way there isn't a way to describe it and everyone's different and yeah no I I genuinely think that we need to do more as and I've said it so many times as a, as a society we're getting better one thing that cheeses me off is we get really good on Mental Health Awareness Week and Mental Health Awareness Day and all the other amazing days to raise the cause. We seem to... And, you know, whenever there's a celebrity that that does take their life for three weeks, your timeline is full of it. Um, Yeah. And then we we seem to forget it. And I just think that now more than ever... um, you know, I had a really good chat a couple of weeks ago with Rob Earle about this. People, I think, this is my own opinion, people are going to need a bit more help and a bit more support. And, yeah, I just think that that we can do more as a society and we owe it to to not only the future generations, but for those of like Blaine and for, like, my friend Steve who passed last year, we sort of owe it to their memory, I think, that that we do... Yeah we do make a concerted effort to, like you say, we won't eradicate it, but we certainly can do our bit to drive the numbers down. Um, so that leads me on nicely to your little business. I absolutely love it. Peggy Pip, um, the little doll that you sent me, little Jamie, he takes pride of place on my, t- my TV unit over there. Um, I just want you to to talk about that. And how's that helped you, Danny, with... Like coping with stuff and keeping yourself active and.
1: Oh, massively! I I've always worked full time in um in uh, like sales positions. So when my anxiety was really bad a few years ago, um, and I was it kind of developed into agoraphobia. Mm. I, I had to kind of think of what I can do from home, but I'm really passionate anyway about diversity in toys, um, so the kind of dolls that I've created that kind of go alongside this sort of topic are um, the mental health dolls, which actually I was inspired by Blaine's situation because obviously when, so, you know, when something like that happens, you think, what can I do to change this cycle? Because, um, and I just thought, you know, I think children in all these doctor sets, you get like a stethoscope, you get, um, it's all physical, isn't it? It's like, Oh, the, that baby's broken it arm and how are we going to fix that but there's no toys that that say oh why has he gone to the doctor oh because he's sad sort of thing so yeah. these two little dolls are just more for um children's kind of one of them's crying and the other one's the doctor the patient and the doctor yeah but there's no um on on this doll there's no um identifying factor of why he's paired with the doctor, if that makes sense. He's just yeah. got a tear. Yeah. And I did that purposely, so it's really open-ended.
0: So that so the child can say, what's wrong with the patient? Yeah. yeah that, that, that I did a story the other day with my daughter, because I
1: I just wanted to kind of, like... um, I, It was completely unprompted, and I was the doctor... I was the patient, sorry, and she was the doctor. And we were role-playing, and she said hi, thanks for coming to the doctors, what's wrong? And I said, I'm sad. And she said, why are you sad? And, you know, it just went on like that. And she said, oh, okay, um, I'll listen. And I thought, do you know, that is so important for children to know that there's, like, mental health is as important as physical health.
0: Uh, Definitely, definitely. It is it's, it you know again. It's something we're both very passionate about, and we've covered covered it lots in this podcast. That it, it is important, and and that in that statement there, where your daughter said, "Oh, listen," is amazing, and I think it's testament to the work that you've done. Um, and you should be very proud of the fact that your daughter knows that that is the the best way to to um overcome anything like that. And you know, just briefly, I think that. We can both agree that you'll see with again with your son the change in them when you do get them to open up, and that so they'll go, they'll go from this mood and then they'll talk and open up and then they're like different kids. Yeah. And this is what I you know so I say to my son like don't you feel better for talking now, but I also uh, just uh, you know I'm uh, I'm sort of going back on this now I just want to throw this in there that it's got to be. 50-50 effort. So, as a parent, you have also got to tell your kids when you're feeling bad. Oh, absolutely! Like, don't lie to your children. That's so, you you know, you can sit there, and we, we we've spoke at great length about encouraging your child to vocalise their emotions. Lead by example. I do okay. it. I do it. I have to because there came a point with my children that I had to open up to them. Um and that was that. I had to pick my medication up from Tesco's as it happens, and on the way we just like was just driving down St Peter's Road, and my youngest boy said, "Daddy, what are those tablets for?" And I could have lied, I could have said, "I've got I've got a headache," I could have said anything, but I thought, "No, this is if if I'm gonna." preach about being open and honest with mental health. Yeah. I've got to do it, regardless of how uncomfortable the conversation is. And I didn't, you know, I, I didn't go into the gory details that, you know, I have to deal with times when I want to kill myself. Like, they don't want to hear that. Yeah. But I just tell them that I get sad and I get worried. Yeah. I said every now and then, daddy gets really sad. Daddy gets really worried about stuff. Um, It, yeah. ma- it makes me tired. And, and these tablets... Help me, not feel like that. But above all else, it's okay that I take these. Yeah. Um Definitely. because yeah, and I just wanted to add that in that, that it has to be a two way street. You can't, you can't, you can't sit at your dinner table in a like for me example. If I'm stressed from work, and, and when he first done it, I was like, "Is he too young to be having this conversation with me?" But the more I thought about it, the more I sort of gave myself a pat on the back. Is I picked my kids up. So I, I normally pick my kids up on a Tuesday night and I was, I'd had a proper stressful day at work. I was really stressed out. I was in the car. I was being grumpy and we sat down for dinner and I started out, I started with the, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? How's your day been? And my eldest son said to me, dad, you seem really stressed. Are you okay? And I was like, I went, yeah, I'll be all right, mate. Like I've just had a tough day at work and I am stressed. And then, like, later on that night when he went to bed, I found myself sat there and, I, 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 you know, we all get parent guilt. And I was like, oh, he's too young to notice that. But then I thought about it a little bit more. I was like, actually, no. He yeah. spotted something and yeah. spoke about it and tried to draw it out. And that's why it is important that we have these conversations and, and we do make them normal and and, and and that's where we go with it. So, yeah, like, like I just wanted to throw that in, but... Yeah, with with the Peggy Pip stuff, like so I say, absolutely love it. Um, I am gonna tag Danny in this, guys. Go and check her page out, um, and I'll tag the Peggy and Pip things in there. I have got a little bit of an idea. I had it whilst I was driving today about a Peggy Pip doll, like an Are You Okay, Hi. like an Are You Okay, mate doll. Like, Amazing. yeah, but ju- it's just something that I think that that we could do. Like, I think it, you know. We'll definitely talk about. Yeah, that we could definitely talk about. Was, yeah. I, had it, I had it earlier when I was driving back from dropping the boys off. Um, so, Danny, we, we, we are running out of time. I've got a couple of, two more yeah. points I want to pick up on. Um, first one, really easy question. 2021, what, what what are you hoping for? What are you looking forward for? Uh, before you answer that, I do have to apologise. I stole this question off of Alex Hughes. I, I took part in... Um, like Alex Hughes, he runs Shift Momentum Shifties uh in town. They're a business hub and I took part in one of his his live a and it was a question he asked at the end of every one of his interviews, so I've stolen it. So Alex, if you're listening to this, I do apologize. But imitation is the greatest form of flattery. So there you go. So yeah, twenty twenty one Danny, like what what are you hoping for? What are you looking forward to? Like let's let's finish it on a positive
1: yeah just life getting back to normal i'm just looking forward to each little stage of, of getting back to
0: normality yeah i'm not i've not got too many high expectations i'm just trying to take it sort of week by week but yeah, uh, and yeah it'll be nice I'll,
1: to actually see people's faces again and yeah go out not just because you, you've you've got a cram in your day's daily exercise but go out for a purpose that'll be nice
0: Absolutely. Life getting back to normal and and let's hope it does because, as we said, we we need it. Everyone needs it. And yeah, I just, I'm the same. I think everyone the same. And you're the second person I've asked this question and that's the exact same answer I get. And I've got a feeling I'm going to get the same all throughout 2021. But you're right. The roadmap is, you know, like I say, we're there tomorrow, aren't we? We're at first stage and I think it's a stage that should be celebrated. I think that, yeah. keeping with the theme of this podcast tomorrow really important that you speak to your kids about their day really like in the morning before they go to school really important that you when you're having breakfast with them um, yeah. like I I won't be here I'll be at work but I've told both of my boys that I'll call them before school um, just to give them those words of support and it, you know this week is really big for the kids um, and I think Keeping your kids involved with this whole return to normality is important as well. Like, every step of the way, talk to them about it, like returning to school. Me and my sons were even talking about getting haircuts to them, not me, but them, uh, because they're going back to school with these awful trims. Um, But, yeah, it's just the opening up, and I think that although we do try to protect our kids from stuff, with the positive stuff, like this really really keep them engaged and tomorrow like massively as a as a dad just say to them as a parent sorry just say like how was your day talk to them. really show an interest in their day um yeah so the bit I know you've been uh not dreading but everyone that comes on here has to do the same thing it's the little challenge the only rule is you're not allowed to text me I want you to get your phone out and text a mate. And someone, someone you haven't spoke to in a while, and just ask them, "Are they okay?" Um, and the idea of that is that we encourage conversations. And anyone listening to this, do the same at this stage in the podcast. Just whip your phone out. You could be out walking the dog. You could be—I don't know. You could be at work. Just whip your phone out, send a text message to someone, and check in on them. Yeah. Brilliant, Dan. I've done that. Danny um thank you so much for joining me it's been amazing i really do wish we could talk for longer but i'm well aware that you're gonna have uniforms although i should imagine you're you're well ahead with uniforms and pat lunches and stuff are they all done no Someone Re- oh dear oh dear <laughs> right don't go anywhere danny um but what i will say is i just wish you and, and your family nothing but the best for the future um and we'll definitely talk about the Are You OK mate Peg doll. I'm just gonna close the podcast down and then we'll have a chat. Don't go anywhere. Right, got Right, guys. So that's it for this week. Thank you for joining me. Right, next week I am I have got Azar on. I've checked my schedule and everything. I'm hundred percent right on that. Um that's if he doesn't cancel, but we'll go from there. Thanks for joining me. Like I say, this will be available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. The link will be in my Instagram page. If you want to have a chat, just Hop over to me at Jamie Archer twenty three. I'm going to tag Danny in it in the post for this. I'm also going to tag her little business page. So go and check that out. Give it a like and a share, and I will catch you all next week. Take care.